What's up, boys? What Woo! up? How's everyone doing? Mad Handle Podcast, back at it. I'm really feeling this James Brown. It makes you feel good. It does make it makes you want to just dance. Love it. Godfather of funk. Charlie, how you doing? Where are you right now? Are you in New York? You're in Virginia, I'm, Pennsylvania, I'm Hawaii, I'm Columbia? I'm feeling, man, I'm right in the middle of the concrete jungle. I'm right here in Midtown Manhattan, 54th and 2nd, <laughs> East Side, represent. <laughs> <laughs> right, by the, right, by the, right by the Cubero Bridge. There we go. You may catch me at the local bagel joint. You never know. <laughs> now, question for you: Are you getting locks on your bagels, or just like cream cheese? So I'll give you the full rundown really quick before we get into it. So I'm going everything bagel. I'm going scallion, cream cheese, locks, nice. and onion. That is the oh. go-to. That is the go-to order. You had me at the locks and onion. Fuck Easy, what are you going that. with? None of that shit. Get out of here. <laughs> Let's hear it. What's your order then? <laughs> Dude, I can't do locks or any onion. No, thank you. Yo, can I tell you what's the ultimate fat fuck sandwich that I've been getting recently as like <laughs> an addition to what's going on? Love it. What, 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 it. What's up? If you get a bagel with cream cheese and bacon... Oh. oh man, is that good? That's like an Elvis special or something. <laughs> so, as a deli worker for like five years out of my life, everything bagel, toasted, scooped out, cream cheese, and bacon. Bam! That is sometimes if you want, you put a little bit of grape jelly in there too. Oh my goodness! Woo. Nothing better, but like you feel like a fat piece of shit afterwards. Yeah, that like. If I didn't feel so horrible eating it, I would probably eat it all the time. <laughs> Easy, what about you? Where are you? You're out on Long Island? You in Long Beach yet or what? Not yet. Still in a strong island suburbia, but maybe in a week or two. Hanging by the beach, baby. You'll hear the breeze. Nice. Hear Easy, the Easy. Crashing. What exit? Uh, what is that? Like 39 on the LIE? Got it. Right? What is it? Or 41? What is, what's, what's the Hicksville one? I don't know. Dude, I work remote. I, I haven't driven my car in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, boys. What do you say we get into some hoops? A lot of stuff going on. Of course, we have our New York Knickerbockers. Um, I'd like to just start it off with a Dennis Green quote from the Arizona Cardinals. They are who we thought they were. Easy. <laughs> Get into it. What are you thinking of the Knicks? Let's hear it, bud. A typical. Just fucking exactly just what the Knicks. Same fucking thing every year. Um, but, dude, I really like quickly. Yeah. Really, really like quickly. Um, can't wait till Randall's gone. Yo, Toppin annoys me. Mitchell Robinson hit me with something. Other than that, like, I shouldn't say that. I really like Mitch, but I want them to dump the ball to him, but there's no reason to ever dump the ball to Mitch. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't have a post game like that, really. Not at all. But, like, you see he's open, and, like, he's just always in that dunker spot. And he does well at it, but um, he's funny. And, yo, you know what? I love me some RJ. 
Luckily, really? despite the shooting slump, stop shooting threes. Not everyone has to shoot threes. If we could build a team accordingly and put some other shooters who can actually shoot around RJ, why can't he be like a two-three slash kind of guy? Okay, okay, Charlie. What do you think? And what do you think about RJ specifically? Yeah. So I, I'm actually I'm with Easy on this. Like I, I I really like RJ too. My my one red flag with RJ right is that it's always going to be a high number of attempts per game, and you're either going to yeah. get him coming out with twenty, or you're going to get him coming out with five or ten. Otherwise, if he's if he's not shooting the ball that well, though, you know he's going to rebound. You know he's going to play defense. You know he's going to bring those intangibles. I was actually watching their game the other night, and MSG cut to the bench and them sitting on the bench. And this guy was so locked in to what Thibodeau was running through with the sets that they were about to bring out on the court. And I think he's actually really relishing the opportunity to learn both the defensive side of the ball, the positioning side and where he needs to be from a guy like Tibbs. And I know that like we had been talking about the coaching staff and the effectiveness, but I'm actually seeing it really shine with a guy like RJ and his development. I think he's becoming a really well-rounded player. Mitch is actually, he's playing well, but at the same time, I'm still, I'm still sort of, waiting for him to like take that next step that like Like, put it together right i'm like Like, waiting for that next thing it's just like it's not quite all the way there and i feel like we're into the third year now of like that conversation of waiting for that next step and eventually we're going to get to a point where you either take the next step or we have to sort of part ways because it's not going to work out contractual wise to pay you what you want versus what you're, we're actually getting for you on the court. And truthfully, I think with what he gives us on the court, there are other options in the market for guys who do what he does, who can also potentially space the ball and shoot it. Easy to your point too, Obi, like he had a good game the other night against the Celtics, like the dunk. I think he was two of four from three point range. That was nice. But honestly, after seeing a couple of these other rookies play, specifically Halliburton out in Sacramento, that guy's a player. I know. know. That's what I wanted. Fellas, fellas, he's a player. Defense, (laughs) offense. Like, I'm actually stoked to see the Knicks play the Kings tomorrow night on this West Coast trip to see this guy uh, against the Knicks because he's going to be good. So, um, that's sort of how I'm feeling right now. But I love the two wins against the Celtics and the Magic. So the to your point, the Halliburton thing, it, it just reminds me of the Donovan Mitchell us passing him up. I'm like, fuck, like we could have had that guy, you right, know? Right, right. Yeah. But so you guys make some good points. Like, you know, I had one thing with Mitch, like every time I watch the game, man, it's it's just consistency with him. Like he'll go from one great game to like then having four fouls in the first quarter and barely playing any minutes. And, like, I, I do understand he is a young player and, like, he didn't get that college, you know, like, those college games and, like, that coaching there. So it, it does come down to consistency with him. Same thing with RJ. Like, honestly, you guys might be high on him, but, like, I see nothing in his game that would make him, like, an elite player in this league. 
And that's kind of what I was hoping to get with him. Right now, I just think he's he has a pretty good mid-range game. And, like, he might just be, like, a 17-point-per-game player for, like, his NBA yeah. career. I, I hope that's not the case because we drafted him super high. But I don't see anything in his game that, like, really, like, wows me, to be honest. Um, Easy, what are you thinking – about quickly, Obi, the rest of the guys, even Kevin Knox. Dude, Knox is shooting the lights out. Love it. L- so love he's 3 it. and D, right? Confident. He, he is 3 and D he right is, now. Yeah. Like, that's he is, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is kind of funny that we, like, all these lottery picks just get, like, we have such high hopes of them because they're lottery picks, and then very quickly we're just, like, pigeonholing them into, like, skill sets but it's like god damn another lottery pick who's a role player but like fine yeah. like i guess that's just it is what it is but like i'll take it you shoot like 40 what is it 42 percent from three or something crazy like that um i'll take it lo- love it i think top and plays like a soft ass little bitch he comes in he's high intensity dude come on step it up bro like you're 23 where are these dunks? Like, Where are these if you fucking were, dunks? There was if one in the Celtics like, game. Yeah, when we're up 30. If, <laughs> dude, if you're like a 19-year-old timid guy who had a year at fucking college and was learning the speed of things, fine. You were supposed to come in ready-made NBA player. Like, he had intensity in the preseason, and it's kind of like what Knox did a couple years ago when, yeah. like, those crazy preseason games impacted the game right away with energy. You were like, oh, shit, this dude can play. And then the real season starts, and it's just – it's not the same intensity. It's not the same impact. And it's clear, which sucks. Charlie, he's your boy. He's your boy. Like, you got to defend him now, right? Like, this is your guy. Let's hear it. I mean, you guys know, like, in our group chat, I was hype on draft night when he fell to us. I'm starting to to wonder if he was a little bit of fool's gold, honestly, in terms of the highlight reels that he put together at Dayton, obviously being the best player in the country from an award perspective, obviously Dayton, you know, having the record that they did, we didn't see them in the tournament. We didn't see anybody in the tournament, actually. So it was a, a really weird draft process. We didn't really understand from that perspective. I fully agree. Like, look, I want to give him the slight benefit of the doubt, knowing the calf injury, knowing that sometimes those are a little bit delicate to come back from. Maybe guys are a little bit hesitant to, like, fully max out load. So maybe we'll give him the slight benefit of the doubt there. I am a little bit worried from a production perspective that we're not seeing it to his age and obviously experience and knowing what he was supposed to bring in the NBA. And we're obviously seeing what some of these other guys are producing, like my guy Halliburton out in Sacramento. Um, So I hope that I'm not disappointed at the end of the season. And I hope that we don't end up with a guy who literally is, is, is nothing more than a, you know, an eight to 10 point a a game guy, because that's going to be pretty disappointing for the pick that he is. And I think for the Knicks, considering what Frank is knowing that we spent what the seven pick on him in 2017, that's tough. That's tough pills to swallow two two picks in the top 10 that are just complete busts. 
I think we can all agree that Frank and Dennis Smith Jr. are not a part of this team's core, right? Yeah, no way. No, no. <laughs> like they're, where are they? Are they in? Are they in? Are they? I mean, are they in Westchester? <laughs> At this point, they should be. Like, let them get some burn. Yeah. To be I mean, honest. let it get some yeah. burn. Yeah, I'd rather see Iggy. That's true, Brent. Like, yeah, that's a good. Is point. Is Burke still hurt? I think he's coming. I think he I think comes back, back tonight. tonight. He comes back tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, like just thinking about this team and this season, like I didn't think this season was like about the playoffs, right? I, you know, I kind of thought of it more as I want to win some games, but I also want to get like a good like high pick, which seems to be the eighth pick every year. But <laughs> it, it's really about growing like the young core here, you know, like. Guys like mm-hmm. Mitch and RJ, Obi, quickly Knox. You know, one point about Knox is like, I am completely fine after seeing what he did his first couple of years and being like, I cannot believe we drafted this bum. To just being like a three and D guy, that, that that could be that's a dream for me, right? Like, we'll take that. If you're playing good defense, you're hitting your threes. That's a perfect role player if only if we had a team around him. But so far, you know, we're seven and eight. We're we're right there. We know we could sneak into the playoffs. I think Tibbs is doing a hell of a job with that coaching staff, but it's all about these young kids, man. Mitch, RJ, like get some consistency going here. I think also too though, with the quickly pick. I think that it's a at least a reflection of the front office in terms of knowing where some of the other teams had quickly on their draft boards as low as 50. Yeah. Knowing that Kenny Payne obviously A had the inside lock on him being at Kentucky, knowing what the guy was from a player perspective, but then also too, I read an article that Walt Perrin was pretty high on him as well. So I'm happy that we've assembled a team of guys that are evaluating talent on a really good level and obviously are making recommendations to the front office to then make moves to get this talent that makes sense. You know, obviously the OB thing is we just chatting about is a little disheartening, but I, you know, obviously quickly is really the win in the draft and, and definitely a steal. And I think somebody that could probably be our starting point guard moving forward. Okay. That was, that was going to be my next thing. I want everyone to chill with the start quickly stuff. You're not feeling it? No, no, no. He could be a starter. But why do we, like, let's just, after we just shit on our pick two weeks into the season, can we give a little, like, break with quickly? Can we, like, not throw him in the fire (laughs) right? Like, I I know I'm going to completely switch viewpoints here after I bashed everybody. But, like, I like quickly. I like his game. He has that spark plug scorer kind of thing. He has a playmaker part about him. Um, let's just have him keep roasting the second units. Like, come in when we need stuff. I hate Alfred Payton. I wish he, like, would fucking just jump out of the plane on the next road trip. But He's such a Scott Perry guy. Uh, Big time. Big time. Uh, it, do you remember when he had that haircut? you remember that hair in Orlando? Yeah. Out of control. That was ridiculous. Terrible. Ridiculous. Um, 
But, yeah, I don't know. Am I crazy for saying, like, let's keep him coming off the bench and having a spark plug in quickly? I don't think so. I mean, the one thing with Quickly's game is he just has to stay in control. I feel like a lot of times I'm watching it and I'm like, dude, whoa. like that. those floaters, like, they're great. Like, he's super good at them. But yeah. I feel like half the time he's just fucking chucking it up and, like, just praying yeah. it goes in. But, like, that just might be his game. Yeah. Kev, that was my thing is I'm like, what's the deal with the floaters once – NBA coaches and defenses understand that and start to shut that down. Like you don't get those types of looks all the time. And it's just like, once they start to figure out your game, then you have to shift to different things. And it's like, how quickly can he shift to producing offense in other ways when he's not getting those looks on those floaters? Uh, that seems to be a good, a big portion of his game are those floaters. Like getting I know. In the paint. So only time can tell, right? I guess we're going to have to figure it out. Hopefully this coaching staff brings out more parts of his game. Uh, easy, what else you got in the Knicks? Um, yo, I, I cannot believe that, that I'm going to say this. Oh, no. But I, I might be ready to talk about the Nets. Is that bad? I, no. can, I, can I admit something to you guys? I have been watching so many fucking net games. Oh, no. <laughs> I have too. They're, in, they're enjoyable. Um, yeah. Harden and KD are incredible right away. Some, like he, Harden literally wore a fat suit. That's the only explainable thing. It, it, he's, he, might, he must have been wearing like two or three layers under there. It was like Mrs. Dalfire or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yo, I I really I don't like the Nets with Kyrie. It was only one game last night, but they just they weren't as fluid as they were when it was Harden and, and KD. But um dude, I really like the fucking Nets. Dude, all right, so I just have one before we switch to the Nets, I have one question for you. Because there's a player that, that could be out there. He's a young player. He's gotten into some trouble. But what do you guys think of Kevin Porter Jr. possibly coming to the Knicks? Fuck fuck no. He had a little tantrum. He had a little tantrum. But I I see it as a low-risk, like, high-reward type thing. I don't want any business with that kid. (laughs) So he was good his first year. But I just want to make sure I, I understand the situation. They moved his locker to where the bench guys play. And he then told the Cavs GM that it's like slavery. It's a new form of slavery. Was that the series of events? <laughs> if if I knew he said. would have said that, I probably would not have brought this up. <laughs> I knew he was mad that they didn't tell him they were moving it. Dude, he the ESPN alert I, I got said, some, said something that he referred to it as uh, – like a, the updated slavery. I can't think of the word. Like the a, a newer version of slavery. And I was like, Jeez. what? Yeah, man. Uh, no, no, not no, a good look. Stay far away. Far, far then away. Moving on. We, we don't uh, need a Stefan Marbury again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Charlie, let's hear your thoughts on the highest paid trio in NBA history on the Brooklyn Nets. Go for it, kid. Yeah, so I, I fully agree with with fucking easy. I've I've never watched so many Nets games. I, I think I'm I'm growing like a slight man crush on Iron Eagle. Like, I mean, you'll never replace oh, no, my guy. Don't say that. You'll never replace my guy, Mike Breen. But like, Iron is Iron is good. I'm like learn to turn and tune it into so many fucking Nets games. Um, no, I mean it. Look. Harden on last Saturday in his debut was on. I mean, the triple-double was incredible. I think first from an assist perspective, you know, even last night, like if he's going to get 12 to 15 assists a game and he's going to facilitate like that, you see it. KD in 50 minutes last night had 38 points. Kyrie obviously commanded the ball a lot as well. It's going to happen. I think James only had like maybe 21 or 22 points last night. So you're going to see that ha- you're going to see that sort of trend a little bit lower if KD and Kyrie are commanding the ball like that. The two issues with Brooklyn for me as I see it specifically in the playoffs is depth. They do not have a lot of guys that can go deep. Yeah. It is a lot of scoring on KD, Kyrie and James, the three of them. Joe Harris had six points last night. DeAndre has actually been playing relatively well the last few games, but like you're not going to get that production from DeAndre when he was a Clipper now. They don't have a lot of big guys that I see that can match up with a team like the Lakers when they've put AD, LeBron, and what if they even throw out Marcus Saul as well, who's a big guy who has a body out there who can also shoot the three. I worry about those types of matchups, given that they just traded away Jared Allen and knowing that they don't have a lot of depth from a scoring perspective. I mean, Jeff Green's a pretty good player, but they don't have a lot there. So I think those are the two biggest red flags for me but they're fun as hell to watch. 100%. The offense is unstoppable, right? Like, you can't game plan for it. But defense is the genuine issue. Like, you gave up how many points to the Cavs? Like, they're not world beaters. Like, they don't have any stars on that team. And they were, like, outscored you guys. You know, in the past three games, they gave up 115 points, 123 points, and now 147. I do understand that was double overtime. That's a shitload of points to be giving up. Like, when playoff time comes around, you're going to have to lock that in. They don't have the players for that. They don't. Like, Harden and Kyrie are not playing defense like that. That's the only way this team's going to win a championship, if those guys lock in and play defense. I mean – the defense struggled before the Harden trade. It struggled with the Harden trade. And now that Kyrie's back, it's he's struggling even more. So I don't see how that gets any better unless they make another move here. Uh, easy. The, we, yeah, they're, they're going to have to here. make a move. Yeah, I mean, they Dude, have to. They're going to have to make a move. Um, it, was, it, was, I, it was one game. I get it. But – Dude, you just see how much they have to cater to Kyrie's game. More so yeah. than they would ever have to cater to Harden's or Durant's game. Yeah. And I feel like coming into this, everyone knew, like, you know, like Durant, he he played on Golden State. So, like, he could figure out and adapt to a system. But Harden's Mr. Iso, like, I got this. And he's been, like, deferring and running pick and rolls and setting up DeAndre and like making sure Durant has it. He's been getting rebounds. He's cutting and 
it's crazy. Harden's really not playing James Harden Rockets basketball at all. He's taking a back seat, I feel like, but not yeah. like points wise. But I don't think that that should be how they should play. Like he acts as the point guard, the facilitator. Kyrie should be like, all right, we'll dump the ball to you because you can score. And he does have the ISO moves. It's crazy. Like the moves he pulls off. But he's not like, is he, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the guy who runs an offense. Like last night they were like, okay, here, Kyrie, you, you get it. We'll move out and you go on the block and do your thing. And he scores. But it's like, that's not running an offense, you know? He's never kind of – he's never really been that guy. No, yeah. he's – exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's never been – honestly, like when Kyrie was first coming up, he was like one of my favorite players just because of his handle. Like his handle is insane. He, Crazy. Yeah. Yep. The more I've seen him, the more I, I, I've watched him, you kind of realize that like – he kind of is a selfish basketball player. Um, going forward with this team, I, I kind of see like Harden is probably the person that's going to have to take that backseat, what he's kind of doing in like, you know, rebounding more, facilitating more. Because I don't see Kyrie doing that. And like Kevin Durant shouldn't have to do that. Like get the ball to Kevin Durant whenever the fuck he wants the ball and just let him do whatever he needs to do because he's going to score. But – Charlie, what do you, you know? You've you've watched a bunch of net games. What do you see like as the biggest difference that 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 is happening now that Kyrie's there? Look, I mean, I think obviously too from a you know an offensive perspective, right? The spacing that commands KD, Kyrie, and James together on the court at the same time is ridiculous, and I think that each of them are able to get such fresh looks when the ball is being moved around like it like it has been and obviously they're getting different looks they're getting matchups that are favorable to them my question is though you know going back to thinking about them making a move here like I'm looking at their roster like what are they making a move with like they don't have any yeah. pick, they don't have any picks left I'm looking at this roster they got to keep Joe Harris because he can at least shoot the 3 They've oh, got man. Jeff Green. He's playing for them. DeAndre Jordan, obviously. Landry Shaman. They don't have – who's going to take these players? Well, who are they trading Tyler Johnson to that's going to give them anything back that's of any significance? And Spencer Dinwiddie's hurt. So, I mean, I don't understand – Are you guys ready? What flexibility do they even have? Are you ready? I've got it. I've got it. I've got my ear to the ground. <laughs> I got the calls in. Hold on, is, this a new, is this a new report? This is new. This is breaking news. Are you ready? PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker. I would. I mean, I if they were going to get PJ Tucker, I, I probably would have. They probably would have tried already, right? Like to get him in the Harden trade. It's okay. He wants out <laughs> now. It's gonna. It's gonna come later. He's an expiring deal. He doesn't want to be in Houston. He's going to a contender. It's just so, who. So, so the Nets, so the Nets signed PJ Tucker to be their center, just like the Rockets did two years ago. <laughs> pretty much, the yeah. six foot four center. Yeah, six I'm pretty sure he man. played the five for Houston at one in a playoff game against the Warriors at one point. I'd rather that than Durant do it, right? Yeah, that's true. Put, yeah, put Durant true. at the four. 
I mean, can we just talk about Durant, though, last night? 50 minutes in the overtime game, 30. I mean, that is crazy coming off the injury that he had. Yeah. I mean, really, the guys. I mean, he's a complete freak. I would not be playing him this much. Yeah, that too, especially with those two guys right. now, with Harden and Kyrie. Like, yeah, like it's January. <laughs> yeah, rest up yeah. a little bit. You're gonna, like the last, I don't know, last got, night's game was funny. They're, they're gearing up for that big playoff run. They have to be with these three guys. Why not kind of give Durant some, some rest here? But maybe also, he's like that glue guy. Maybe they need him out there with these two, right. you know, to like kind of help things along. Uh, I think a big point here is like the Nets, that like they're no longer like that underdog, right? Like they're, they're, they're the top team in the East. Like no matter what, like I don't care what people say, what the standings are, like they're going to be the team that you're going to have to beat in the East. They're the top dog yeah. and everybody's going to want a piece of them. And that's something that they're going to have to get used to as like a group. So it's going to, they're going to have to react to that. So we'll see what happens the rest of the year with them. Uh, any other uh, point? I do have one more point about Kyrie, but I want to hear if you guys have anything else uh, basketball related to, uh, to the Nets. Oh, I'm actually I'm intrigued because I hope it's what I I hope it's a Kyrie point that like that I want to make. So let's hear. Okay, Charlie, you got anything else? No, nah, I mean, I mean, I'm watching a lot of Nets games. Obviously, I'm getting all of them on yes. So I'm, I'm usually turning in or at least flipping between the Knicks and the Nets most every night. So they're entertaining as hell to watch. I mean, I, I do love KD as much as it pains me to see him playing for the team across the river, but they're entertaining as hell. Agreed, man. Agreed. Um, so with Kyrie, like, I understand he's uh, kind of a, a wacky dude, right? We all kind of know that. Um, but from what all I've read is that he's, like, a really good, like, human being, right? Like, he's always giving back to the community and stuff. He's done a lot of things. But, like, the recent comments that he made about why he wasn't playing, like, he just needed a pause – uh, you know, life became overwhelming, so he just, like, didn't show up. Um, I kind of find that, like, a little bit, like, offensive as, like, you know, we have to go to work every day. We don't, we don't get a pause. Like, why does this guy get a pause? He's making so much money, and he gets a pause. Easy, was that something that you were going to touch on? Part of it. So that's that, right? Bullshit, first off. Fucking bullshit. Fuck you, Kyrie. Then – his fucking PR team r- releases a statement that he buys Joy, uh, George Floyd's fa- family a house and all these wonderful humanitarian things he did, yeah. acting like this is what he did in his time away. He did that months ago. He did all of this shit months yeah. and months ago. And it's like, oh, it's like the people on, a- on Instagram that like post when they hand the bum $5. Like, just fucking hand the bum $5. Don't post it. Right. Yeah. I know. And it's Kyrie bailing himself out of this. He's too self-serving. Oh, let me save face. Bullshit. His, yeah, the the people around him definitely posted that stuff. Um, That's where I saw it. So I was like, oh, wow. Like, he has done a lot. But then then you kind of read the fine print. Like, all this stuff was done a while ago. So, like, what were you doing in this time that you were – quote unquote, just needing a pause, right? 
Charlie, you got yeah. any thoughts on this Kyrie character? Yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree with Easy here. Like, it is, it's so fucking ridiculous the what he pulled. It's also ridiculous, as we said last week, to put a Steve Nash in this position where you've got to go out and face the media and answer all these questions and look like a dumbass to the media. The same thing with Sean Marks too. Like you've got to push Sean Marks out there and make him look like a complete fool and make him defend you in terms of, you know, everything that, that you've been pulling and the stunts that you've been pulling. And obviously too, it's just a distraction for your team. Like if you're really serious about winning a championship, what kind of stunts are you pulling right now it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense I fully agree like I was two years ago I wanted nothing more than for him and KD to come to the Knicks with Zion and we were somehow going to get the number one pick oh, man. and I'm just frankly so thank I'm just so thankful that we avoided this headache because he's he did the same thing in Cleveland he did the same thing in Boston and he's doing the same thing in Brooklyn yeah I mean you're completely right I wanted the same things. Like, I wanted Kyrie and Durant. But, like, seeing what's going on now, like, what's to say when playoff time rolls around that, like, he needs another pause, you know? Like, in a time where you're still trying to get, like, your flow with, like, Durant, like, the rest of the teammates, like, you got you were hurt towards the end of last year. So, like, you're not really getting that court time with them. Like, this is a time where, like, you're growing, like, you're learning your teammates – and you're just not showing up. Like, you're supposed to be a leader on this team, and you're just not showing up. So, I mean, still, I think I still like Kyrie, Kyrie and E on the Knicks because that would be awesome. But um, <laughs> That being said, it. if you want to come over, you can, you can join the Knicks whenever you want. You want to take a pause with the Knicks? Come on over, bud. <laughs> Uh, any other uh, points on these uh, these Nets, New Jersey Nets? Well, I, I think it's a good transition because as m- much as we're like – I mean, I, I feel like we gave them pre- pretty good praise for being Nick fans. But being um, Nick fans. Dude, that game versus Milwaukee was pretty – like was a good game. And that was without Kyrie. That, that was Harden and KD versus the Bucks. And that that was when I officially just completely gave up on Giannis forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, He's like, he's like the first year or year or two of Orlando Shaq, but he'll never progress to like King Daddy Shaq. Like, you know, he's just going to be the dude who needs someone to set him up in the post who can't hit free throws, who you're not actually going to go, go to down in the clutch. and But he'll get you 25 and 15 and 5, and he's this world beater. But it's like, you're never going to win. I agree. I mean, if you had that game, they were deferring to, to Chris Middleton, right? Like, when they needed the bucket, they weren't going to Gianni. And like, Dude, what? he was roasting DeAndre Jordan that whole game and then fucking vanished in the final four minutes. Yeah. And, like, it's so like, what is the definition of an MVP, right? And what's the definition of a defensive player of the year when you're not guarding the next player down the stretch and you're not getting buckets down the stretch? Then what are you? I think, I think you made this point. But, like, he's a fucking number two. 
Dude, yeah. he better hug those MVPs. He's never getting another one again. He got back to back. They'll never vote him again. Come on. Yeah, he's. I mean, he has no outside shot. His offensive game is. He's lucky if he gets in the paint. Team will defend that. So he's gonna have to learn how to hit the outside shot. He, the main point or the main problem I have with him is that he can't hit his own shot. He can yep. get into the paint, yep. but like when he needs to get his shot in the clutch, he cannot. Charlie, what are your thoughts on this clown, Giannis? Yeah, yeah, no. I, <laughs> the reigning MVP, back-to-back MVP. Yeah, I, I, fully, I fully agree. I fully agree. And literally, as I, I literally have the Lakers-Bucks game on right now on TNT, and it literally, as you say that, he was just driving to the lane and had missed a ridiculous layup and fell to the ground. So, it's look, it's like the, the offense that Milwaukee has designed, it's like they're a great regular season team. They almost remind me of like the 2000 – like the early 2000, like 14, 13 Hawks. They're just like a really good offensive team that could maybe put up a really high win total in the regular season and then literally be dog shit in the playoffs and go out in the first or second round. And I think that's really sort of where we're at with the Bucks. I think Coach Bud has just designed an offense around isolation with Giannis to try to get him to the basket for easy finishes around the rim, and that's it. And defenses can in a seven game series can lock that down and I don't think they have enough creative options here to in any way warrant any sort of threat I mean fellas seriously their second best player right now is Bobby fucking Portis (laughs) I mean Drew Holiday has not been that good Chris Middleton is streaky you know Chris Middleton's hot or cold and that's uh, that's sort of where they are right now they're not getting a ton of production from Brooke Lopez who else do they have? DJ Augustin has been playing pretty well for them, but that's really that that's sort of where they're at right now. So I just don't view them as a threat in the Eastern Conference when looking at this Nets team and knowing that they have Kyrie, James Harden, and KD and knowing how they can score and not seeing a lot of offense on the Milwaukee side. The East def- does definitely not go through Milwaukee. I think that's pretty clear. Um, yeah, I came across an article from some Bucks writer um, that is the struggles of this team on Brooke Lopez not shooting the three lights. Shocking. Um, Dante DiVincenzo not playing well. And DJ Og struggling a little bit this season. Like, I'm sorry, dude. If you're depending on those three guys to, like, be – what makes him breaks like your season, then you guys have some serious issues going forward. But Giannis has to be that guy. He, this team does not win a title. It does not go to the finals without him being that closer type of player. Because I like Chris Middleton's game, not that. And he's not being paid what Giannis is being paid to like make those big buckets. I don't know. I think he just gets way too much love right now, and he just has to grow his game more. Easy, you know. I know you you're not big on Giannis, but what are you thinking about the rest of the box? So, I guess, I mean, it's tough because I don't know why. Like, I applied for the head coaching position, but they went with Bud. Um, I had a lot of good ideas, <laughs> um, but one of like good ideas. 
All right, there are three best players. It's clear. Mm-hmm. Is Ye- Ye- uh, Giannis, M- Middleton, and Drew Holiday. And I don't understand it, but for some reason they continuously go to like Middleton down the stretch over and over again. And it's he not that he's bad. He can he get can his get own it. shot, but like we know NBA offenses now. So why aren't you putting the ball in your ball handler's hands? Like have have Drew run whatever he has to run, some type of action with Giannis, because like that's your role, man. That's your he needs to be set up for a shot so have drew set him up and you have middleton on the weak side or wherever else he is to be the knockdown shooter that he's kind of paid to be and like has the numbers to be i don't understand why that's not the set whenever they need a bucket it, it's the, they're they're running the joe john Land hawk set and chris middleton's like joe johnson yeah and then what's <laughs> the funniest thing is that like I think that's their best option, but I don't think that's like going to win them anything. And they have like cemented themselves into those three being their guys for the future. And that's kind of it. Yeah. You know, is it their future? Yeah. Is it their future? Because I mean, Drew Holiday can leave after next year, right? That's true. But well, and then. All that's those picks my, attached. <laughs> that's my question is, like, if they flame out in the, like, first or second round in the playoffs and looking at this roster and knowing how they're pretty hamstrung with this roster in the cap space, does he just flee? Who, Giannis? So. No, Drew. Oh. I, I mean, so. definitely. Who wants to he play Why not? Milwaukee? Yeah. Who wants to play in Milwaukee? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so – you know, I, I think we're all in agreement that Giannis, we, I guess the way that I'm looking at it is Giannis is like a really, really, really great number two. Like that stuffer, it's great. But like, if you need a number one, you need that clutch guy, like who are they going to get to come to fucking Milwaukee to be that guy with him? Yeah. Chris Middleton, that guy, he's a good player. He's getting paid a lot of money. But they're going to need someone like a James Harden, right? Like, I know he's with the Nets, but someone like that to, like, they, okay, come to Milwaukee, but, like, who the fuck's going to want to go there? True. Uh, it's, it's just a weird – it's a weird team. I can see Coach Bud getting let go at, at the end of the year after another playoff exit. Yep, I agree. But, I mean, but what can you – like, you're paying – Giannis to be that guy and I understand MVPs and all these awards but he's not that guy he's not a closer and it's plain and simple and I mean truthfully like Kev to your point they're probably going to get rid of Bud either I mean if not this year then maybe give him one more year but like what's a coach going to do a coach isn't going to be able to hide the deficiencies in Giannis's game and creating offense for himself and creating his own shot and efficiency from that perspective too. It's it's not, it's not all the coach's fault, and Bud's unfortunately probably going to fall on the sword here for this for this team not succeeding and, and winning a title. But again, it's this roster is constructed really sort of poorly when you look at it across the board. I think they really messed up with that Bogdanovich trade. 
I mean, yeah. they could have kept that on the wraps and, and tried to get him to sign here first before they traded for him. Yep. Um, yep. They definitely needed to make other moves here. I, I'm actually shocked that Giannis signed contract extension, to be honest. But Yeah, a year early, too. Yeah. What, what kind of bag of goods were they selling him? Because this team's not it. I will say I love me some Dante v, uh, T. Vincenzo, though. That, I mean, that's your guy, right? Since uh, what what was his college team? Uh, Villanova, when they won the game. Villanova. Yeah. yeah, dude. Dude, he dude. won them the national title. Yeah. Crazy. I'll give you that. I'm pretty Any sure his other, nickname's uh, like the, the Jordan of Delaware or something. The Jordan of Virginia. Very, very white. <laughs> very very white nice um any other points on the uh, on the box or are we pretty much cementing them as it's not gonna ever win a nba title yeah one last Never. point for me every time i see them on a national television game i just sort of my, my heart just goes down a little bit it's I just, boring <laughs> right i hate i they're just bo- that I, I literally have that i'm like they're just boring watching on tv like they really are. I just don't want to watch them on TV if they're on nationally, and I certainly will watch them on League Pass. I will say I went to the Nike right. house weekend, and they had the Gianna shoes. Man, those things are freaking nice. I put them on. I was like, damn, they didn't have my size. I probably would have gotten them, but uh, that's one good thing yeah. that you did. Listen, you can't my get last shoes bag. if you should. <laughs> my basketball sneaker were the Kyrie's from a few years ago, so I'm not nice. doing myself any good here. All right, boys, what do you say we kick it out west? Let's get do it. To uh, get into a little uh, little Clipper action, little George. What are you guys feeling here, Charlie? What are your thoughts on the Clipper team here? Yeah, I mean, leading the the Western Conference. I was actually about to text you guys the other night. I was up late watching the Clippers game. Paul George had this fucking ridiculous dunk. It was utterly insane. I mean, you it was crazy. Uh, Paul George is playing really, really good basketball right now. Kawhi Leonard's coming back around, too. They're really clicking. Pat Beverly's back. He's being the little gnat that he is and harassing everybody on the defensive end of the basketball. And I tell you who else, you know, they actually got in a, in a steal trade from the Lakers. Um, Zubas as a center, this guy is really, really good. I've enjoyed watching him play over the last few games. Obviously, Marcus Morris out there is playing pretty well. Um, I, I And Lou, too, even, you know, is coming on. So I, I like this team a lot. I like what they're doing. And, and obviously, Ty Lue is getting them to, 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 to sort of click. Um, my only question, again, though, is, is what happens in the playoffs. Obviously, knowing how bad they, they disappointed this past year and sort of seeing what they do this year if they actually do get deep into the playoffs and how they respond. Dude, Zubak was like a throw-in to try to clear cap, right? Yeah. How crazy trades. Good um, player. He's good, man. Yeah. I have some points about Paul George, but I'm really interested to hear Easy's take on him. Um, I won't even watch the Clippers. Really? I 
Yeah, really? I don't want watch him. I don't like the Clippers. I don't give a fuck. I hate Paul George. The second I watched that interview and he referred to that one season, he he came in like third place in MVP voting, and he was like, "Yeah, well, you know, my MVP year." Wow. And I was like, uh, I forget. I think it was on the Up and Smoke podcast. It was like. They didn't call him out on it, and I was, like, screaming by myself, being like, how do you not make him clarify when he referred to my MVP year as the year he came in third place or fourth place when he was, like, really good on OKC? I'm like, fuck this guy. Fuck this team. I don't even watch him, so I'll defer to you guys. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Harsh. I've been watching some Lake uh, Lakers. Jesus, I'm watching some Clipper games. Kind of paying attention to them because after Paul George's fucking playoff P performance last year, I was like, I was really interested to see kind of like how he bounced back this year. And dude, he's fucking bounced back, man. Playing like he has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he, yeah. He's shooting fucking 50 cent from three right now. I know that's not going to hold up, but, like, right now, he's playing, like, really good basketball. There seems to be something different about, like, the style of play this year because he's, you know, he's kicking the ball out. He's, uh, what do you have, like, 12 assists last game, which is, like, a career high. So he's definitely, like, turning into that kind of playmaker a little bit. So Charlie, is this the uh, Tyron Lue affair going on with Paul George or what? You know, I, I I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think it's probably ty- a little bit of the Ty Lue effect. I think maybe Doc's offensive sets had gotten a little bit stale, um, and maybe Ty Lue is throwing some different things around. I also too think that that he's benefiting from from. Kawhi coming on a little bit more here in the last couple of weeks in, in terms of his production and, and sort of his help in spacing obviously and attracting some of the defensive pressure and defensive collapsing towards Kawhi. I also think too that he's just playing with a little bit more of a vengeance. I think too he's probably slightly embarrassed with how the whole Clippers thing happened last year and how quickly they were out of the playoffs. So I think that's a little bit of a motivating factor there and I think also too you know He's a, eventually these guys got to realize that their window is small. And I think Paul George realizes that his window is very quickly ticking in terms of him winning a championship and winning a title. When you really think about it, if, if the Heat weren't around in 2013, that Pacers team probably would have gone to the finals that year. So, yeah. or maybe yeah. even a couple of years. So he's been around a while. He's got some miles on the tires. And I think he's probably realizing that it's sort of now or never knowing that he has Kawhi, knowing that he has the situation with Ty Lue, who's very much a player's coach and knowing that he has an all in owner and Steve Ballmer and the resources that the Clippers have because they have the biggest front office in the entire league. For sure. I mean, I think you have to just, you know, especially on the offensive end, He's not really settling for those, like, shots. I felt like every shot he took during the playoffs was just, like, a horrendous shot, and he was every single one of them. So he's not really forcing things this year on offense. Listen, the dude's always been a super strong two-way player, so he'll play defense too, which is huge for the team. I I hate to say it, but 
so far this year, he's growing on me. But, I mean, we'll see what happens when the games really count and playoff P comes ahead. Easy. What do you think? Any other teams on the West you want to come and throw in something with the Clippers? What do you got? I want to follow up on that Paul George thing. <clears throat> so okay. how, how plugged in do you think these players are with the, like the media and how much shit they get on like NBA oh. Twitter and everything? Uh, I'd say very plugged in. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I, think I would so. say so. Because I, I mean, I know I would be plugged in, but I, I don't know how much I would give a fuck. KD has a burner account. That just shows you how much true. they care. <laughs> true. That's, That's true. true. Um, yeah, remember when he slipped up? That was so funny. <laughs> and posted from the regular account. Um, no, because like what you guys said, like, oh, it seems like he's on a vengeance, and it's like, well, yeah. How many times did he watch that? That like clip of him shooting it off the backboard in a closeout game <laughs> you know like that would piss me off too i'd come back with a vengeance but then yeah. I, I don't know like and then he blamed doc for his sets and like dude it's not doc's fault you shot it off the side give me a break yeah i definitely think that there's like maybe a little weight lifted off of his shoulders with, with not being there hmm. but well, I mean, considering he cheated on Doc's daughter and impregnated a stripper, it probably was a little tough for him in the locker room. I don't know. How does this podcast still go back to the strip club every couple of episodes? It's where, it's where I feel most comfortable. It's always back to the, it always goes back to the strip club. It always <laughs> goes back to that strip club buffet. That's it. I feel like that's like a recurring theme in our in our episodes is like strip club wings, strip club. Oh, that's hysterical. Charlie, I know you had some points about some other teams out. Let's hear them, bud. Yeah, yeah. Real quick on my sons, uh, you know, obviously was hyping them up a couple of weeks ago. Really enjoying watching their games. CP3. Do you have a jersey yet? Dude, I'm telling you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one. I, I'm just trying to figure out which of the Suns players I'm gonna get a jersey of. Whether it's gonna be D, it may, it will probably be end up being D book. But I do have to say, DeAndre Ayton has actually been playing really, really well over the last week, week and a half. I think he's averaging 25 or 26 points a game over the last week, week and a half. They're really playing well. He's really come on in the last week, really playing well. Also, too, uh, been watching a lot of the Nuggets. Jokic is playing incredibly well this season. I think definitely him, Doncic, are probably in the top five for the MVP so far this season. Jokic is playing extremely well. Um, so it's been fun watching those teams out west. Agreed. Agreed, man. I think one Charlie. Thing, yeah. Sorry, Kev. No, no, go for it. Is Chris Paul ruining Devin Booker? So it's an interesting question. And the load is off 
book, which I think is a good thing in a certain aspect because he was really their main scorer and facilitator in the past couple of seasons. But at the same time, I don't think it fully allows him to express himself on offense. I think, but at the same time, that's why you're also seeing guys like Aiden come on in a stronger capacity because guys like CP3 are giving him the ball more um, as opposed to book. But I I sort of, I like the mix that they have right now. And I think it's good for Devin to learn from somebody like Chris in terms of how they run the offense and how they can distribute the basketball and also score. 100%. I agree, man. I think like if they're, if they're going to take that next step, right? Like they're going to have to learn how to the team. I think you know, with the teams they had the past few years, it was kind of just give the ball to you. But then you it can't just be him shooting for 70 points a game. Exactly, exactly. It's a good lesson for him. Hey, if he wants to win games and he wants to, you know, be a part of a winner, I'm going to have to obviously follow Chris Paul's lead there. Um, I bring that up because yeah, they yeah. play at the slowest pace in the NBA. Or they're one of the slowest teams. Right. Right. And that's a Chris Paul thing. That's like, I'm going to break you down and run a half-court offense. But yep. it's like, yeah, but every once in a while, Booker should just run around and chuck threes. Yeah, I fully agree. It's like a weird dynamic that they're doing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, my team out west, because I love their jerseys, their court, is the Utah Jazz. I, I don't Really? You know, I like their coach, too. They're, co- they're, they're the red jerseys that they have are fire flames. Couple that with their court when they do do that, incredible. But their team, you know, hasn't really changed that much, but, like, they're a good team. I feel like they're kind of gelling more, even more so together this year. I mean, you got Jordan Clarkson, like, averaging 17 points a game coming off the bench for them. Like that that adds a whole new element for them. They still got Mike Conley. You have Virus Rudy Gobert out there. You know he's doing his thing. But that's my quest. I think more people should be watching out for them. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Do you have a team out that we should be watching out for? Um. I mean, it's not not a team we should be watching out for. It's not like. A surprise at all, but I'm kind of annoyed at how good the Lakers are. It's like a really again, like LeBron again. Like you're you're gonna you're you're gonna play hard. Like you're not gonna take the season off. You're gonna play hard and dominate. Really, it's like it's how holy shit. He's an he's an animal. Animal. Absolute animal. Like I don't understand how he's still like. How long is this guy gonna play for? That's he's crazy. playing until his son gets into the league. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would peg that. I mean, I you know at this point in the season, I I would probably peg them to win the title this year just based on everything off everything I've seen. Oh yeah. Dude, he's averaging twenty twenty four eight and eight pretty much. I mean, he looks in as good a shape now as he did when he was in the finals in 2007 against the Spurs. <laughs> He's on, like, that TB12 diet like Tom Brady's doing. Literally. LeBron, LeBron is on that. Cause, like, Nothing but vegetables. 
Nothing but vegetables and stretches. <laughs> Some Pilates, maybe. You know, you know, you know. Tom Brady, in in part of the that uh, whole plan, he believes that he drinks so much water that he doesn't need to wear sunscreen. <laughs> I drink. I drink a shit ton of water. Maybe I don't have. What? Yeah, he said he think he says that he drinks so much water and like he consumes so much water that it's a, a natural protectant and barrier from the sun, and so he doesn't need to wear sunscreen. <laughs> Let's go drop him off like, right by the equator. Hey, so, Tommy. Well, like, dude, you, you know, I'm like, dude, you don't think once you're throwing on like an SPF 50 down in that Tampa heat? Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, dude, one player that, like, on the Lakers, which I think is a huge addition for them, is uh, Denny. He's, he's been yeah. balling right now. Yeah. Yep. Such a, like, a savvy move, man. Like, the who's the uh, – Palenka, the GM there, man. Yeah, he's making yeah. small moves, but he's building a team there. Like, there's good and young players, so. Also, too, I Yo, mean, can I say – oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, easy. Schroeder, he's really influenced me. I want to, like, frost my tips. <laughs> Love me his hairstyles. I really want to bring that back. I wish that was more popular. I think I'm going to try it. What, frost your – Frosting the tips, baby, and put a little light up top. <laughs> you look like Justin Timberlake from NSYNC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Charlie, what do you got, bud? Yeah, one last point on the Lakers, too, uh, you know, in terms of guys coming off the bench. I, you know, I think that Harrell signing was pretty good, too, from the Clippers. Just as that kind of sort of clean-up, sort of gritty guy coming off the bench can guard some different players, can get some rebounds, can get some buckets, can get to the line, and is a pretty efficient free-throw shooter. And I think that was something that was probably, you know, if they needed anything on that team, that was probably something when that was needed. And I fully agree, too. Schroeder's, like, so good good on creating offense and, and creating and facilitating so i you know they, they've done nothing but get better in my opinion absolutely remember last year how much like shit talking we did about the, on that team now this year you got schroeder you got harold you got wes matthews you marcus soul markeith morris like what the fuck dude you know like their team stacked this year now it's also, too, just amazing, like, basically, wherever LeBron goes in, like, a year to two years, the roster looks completely different. I mean, think about, <laughs> think about, wow. how, bad, think about how this roster was when he first showed up and they didn't even make the playoffs. Like, I don't think hardly a single person is left from that team on this team except maybe Kyle Kuzma. So it's just like they've got, you know, That's I mean, and he did the same thing in Cleveland, too. I mean, at one point he remade yeah. the entire team at the trade deadline. So it just shows you how the power that he has and the gravitas he has to a team to just literally assemble whatever is needed around him to try and compete to win a title. Well, he knows what he's fucking doing because he wins yep. titles. Um, boys, any, uh, any other uh, points to get into? Easy, you got anything? Um, what, like final points? Um, whatever you got, bud. Yeah. Whatever you want to sh shoot on out there. 
be honest, I just took a like a big hit of the pen and I kind of sipped. So I, I'm just not the right time to cut to me. <laughs> <laughs> Brain turned off for a moment. I got nothing. What do you got, bud? Thanks, yes. easy. <laughs> yeah, so so one thing one thing I've been doing is I've been checking in on the Pelicans. Um, Zion is actually coming on. His his numbers are improving. Um, the Pelicans are actually been been a pretty fun watch. Um, I'm I'm feeling the, the 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 New Orleans vibe. Also, too, really enjoying watching Brandon Ingram. That guy's are actually a fucking hell of a player. Um, I really stud. enjoy. He's a stud. I enjoy watching him play. Um, not a lot of, of action on the Lamelo ball front. He sort of, I've sort of cooled off on him a little bit. Um, not a ton of action there on the East. Um, and obviously, really curious to see how the Knicks handle this road trip. Obviously, playing the Kings tomorrow night. They've got the Trailblazers and they've got your Utah Jazz Kev coming up as well. Um, so I'm curious to see how they handle this West Coast road trip and, and what comes out of that. Some great, great player. Uh, I do got one thing, not really like game related, but uh, I only saw the article, but the NBA is putting security onto the court now to prevent us from hugging after basketball games. So, <laughs> so you're playing a full basketball game where you're literally just running into each other, smacking each other in the face, like falling on top of each Sweating other. Sweating on each other. Yeah. You're not allowed to, uh, to to hug after the game. So It's crazy. There you go, India. Wait, so I thought of my of, of something to say. Yeah, take another, take another, see if you still remember. Listen, I, uh, I froze under the bright lights, but I'm back. Um, I think we should all just take a moment just to pour one out, Blake Griffin is done. Toast. Oh, no. Pistons are t- Stop it. Blake Pistons are terrible. Griffin is done. Pistons are terrible. Griffin gets roasted on D. He hasn't dunked yet. He hasn't dunked this season. Terrible. He is beyond LJ on the Knicks. He is beyond LJ on the Knicks. He is he's not even a good shooter. Like it's he's done. He's done so. And That's a bad uh, team. I feel bad for him. You don't feel bad for him? Like I think he got I mean, I do think that uh his best days are definitely behind him, but you know, the Clippers did the right thing, I guess, getting rid of him when they did. I don't feel bad for the Pistons at all. They have, like, four centers on their team. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah, I feel bad for us. I feel bad for us. I'm pretty sure we all collectively graduated college the same time he did, and he's fucking done. He is done. Do you realize what that means? Fuck. (laughs) That means we're done. Um. I think so, I graduated college way before him. Fellas, when did y'all graduate college? Fuck, when? 2010. Uh, okay, it was, yeah. it was 2008. Okay, so I'm a couple years. Just got a couple years. Um, so Shani went to school, went to Oklahoma when, when Blake was there. And she said that he was a nerd and like a really weird dude. So doesn't surprise me there. <laughs> Not surprised. I don't know why I said that. But yeah, he's a nerd. 
Fuck him. Never mind. Fuck Blake Love is gone. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a he's a funny dude, though. Have it's you guys over, heard man. him on the Pike podcast? Because he's hysterical on those podcasts. He is good. All right, boys. Any uh, any final note before we depart for our weekends here? Uh, it's 9.58. It's two minutes away from tip-off for Knicks versus Warriors. And I have a feeling we are going to pummel Steph Curry into the fucking ground tonight, baby. <laughs> Knicks yeah, going on the It's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Pumped up. Let's let's uh let's ride this one out with a little bit of James Brown. Oh, oh, I'm back. I'm back.